Alright, so doing something a little different. Um, we are actually on our way to Erie, Pennsylvania for a movie because it's the only place around us that's playing the movie early enough. Uh, and we still haven't gotten to see it yet, so we're going to go see Venom 2 while the kid's in school. But uh, it's a rare day that Jeannie and I are both off, and it's been a while since I recorded, so I wanted to do a short review, I guess, talk about, I guess you could call it, about the way down documentary on the cult from the Remnant Fellowship Church. And we're on the road, so I figured we'd try it out and see how it sounds in the car. But uh, as usual, I am David Jackson uh, for Perception Blurred, but today I'm joined by my fiance, who is... Jeannie. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the crazy bullshit <laughs> that we watched. We finished uh, the first half, because I guess there's going to be more. Uh, they didn't say when, but that episode ended with to be continued. I also don't really know how. I I think there's gonna they're going to go into more detail on the like the aftermath of the accident and, the, and what's happening at the church now. Maybe because like the accident was just earlier this year, like a couple months ago. It was in May, <laughs> like days before my birthday actually. So anyway, for those of you who don't know, the way down is a documentary about the Remnant Fellowship Church started by Gwen Shamblin Laura. And she was a woman that was involved with the church that started a program at the church she was at that was called the Way Down Workshop, and it was about weight loss through the power of Jesus. And if that sounds weird to you, you're not wrong. It's weird as hell. <laughs> yeah, basically it's like, oh, you feel hungry? You should maybe replace that with prayer instead and only really eat when you're really hungry. But buy my book instead of spending money on extra food. Yes. Buy my tapes instead of spending money on extra food. You want to spend money on something? Give that money to the church. So actually, we jumped ahead a little bit there because she ends up leaving the church she started the Way Down Workshop at and starts her own church called the Remnant Church and builds the church around the idea of the Way Down Workshop. And, and in order to be a member of the church, you have to be a member of the Way Down Workshop. In order to be, to use the Way Down Workshop, you have to be a member of the church. Perfect setup for the beginning of a cult. Right, and like this woman takes the, the typical idea of the Christian Trinity, the tri trilogy rather, the Holy Trinity, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and just wipes out two parts of it and goes with just the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, no, the Father, rather. The Father, I'm sorry. But um, she's the middleman. She's the one that you have to talk to to talk to God, basically. That makes sense. God speaks to her. She speaks to y'all, <laughs> telling you, you're too fat. <laughs> and, like, she was even interviewed, asked if, you know, doesn't God love you the way you are? And she's like, oh, absolutely. I don't feel like that, but I just feel like you have a closer connection to God the healthy you are. And mind you, the majority of these people are not fucking healthy. No. They're not like borderline anorexic and bulimic. Oh yeah, the eating disorders abound here. Yeah, like you just, even watching her, uh, from from seeing her in the beginning of the, the, the three episode arc to the end, um, she was a healthy woman. Honestly, she was not overweight. She was not 
too big, not too small. She was she was an, not unattractive. She was an average size, honestly, decently attractive woman. Yes. And then as time progressed and she got more and more powerful within the church, uh, I'm sorry, the cult, um, she got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And I'm not body shaming anybody. This is like actually what was happening. Like she was living what she was preaching as far as the weight loss went. But there were other rules of the church that just didn't add up for a lot of people. And a lot of people started to notice these things like you weren't allowed to get a divorce at all because it was against God. But Gwen did. She divorced her first husband and then she married a dude that was an actor slash wannabe country singer slash face made of plastic. Like, and nobody else in the church was allowed to get divorced. And if they did, whoever remained at the church, if you had children, the church helped them fight you to retain custody of the children. Like, you guys think Tiger King was messed up. And I, yeah, see, here's the difference between our Tiger King review when we did, that we did last year and this one is this one we're completely sober and not in a, um, not, not in a homemade fort in the living room. That may have been a mistake. I feel like for part two, we're going to have we'll to. We'll do better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, honestly, it's just, it's just fucking crazy. Like, they, you had to do everything the church told you to do. And if you needed advice, you had to go to what they called the leaders of the church, which were all men. And because suppose, of course they were. Right. And, which is weird because Gwen acted like she wasn't the one that was in the leadership position, but she, she was. It was God, the male leaders, and then Gwen. But we all know, based on watching this and based on the, 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 the uh, commentary from the people involved, that's not the way it was. It was no, God, Gwen, Gwen, and then, and then the leaders. Else. The leaders bent to Gwen's rule, her whims. She told you what to do, you did it. And one of the major things that stood out for me and I think Jeannie as well in this, while, as while we're watching it, being parents of a little girl, um, was the way they treated children at the church. It was insane. You had to be, as a child, you had to be 100% obedient. By obedient, I mean you were, like, biblically, biblically obedient, like, seen and not heard. You said nothing, you did nothing. If you moved the wrong way, you got in trouble. And I mean, just sitting still, which led to... Uh, one of the saddest parts of the, the three-part documentary, um, a family, a black family at that, murdering their little boy. Uh, I honestly choked up. It, it hit me some type of way to see these people treat their son like this, all because, honestly, the boy seemed like he was autistic. Yeah, I think so. And um, he wasn't, quote, obedient in church or obedient at home even. No, no, it was at the church that they put, the bo- put him in the yeah, basket. in the basket. They put him inside a wicker basket because he wouldn't sit still and they slammed the lid down on his head. And then the church tries to defend all his bruises and stuff as eczema, which, you know, that's uh, not the way I that checked, works. eczema does not cause bruising. But if your kids were acting out and you talk to church leadership for advice on what to do, you know, most churches are going to tell you to pray. Something you know, or discipline your kids, or you know, have a conversation with them, or bringing them, bring them in for counseling. I'm so. Let me rephrase that. Black churches that I've been around, that's the way we've handled it. Even though spanking is something that's prevalent in the black community, the way we've always handled that in the black churches that I've been around was, you go talk to the preacher, you talk to a counselor, you talk to to a yes. deacon or something at the church. It was never what these people that these people told you. 
to beat your children into obedience. And by beat them, I mean taking a hot glue stick, like the full length, like two foot long one, and whipping them on the back of the thighs and across the arms with them. For those of you that don't know, and for some reason, if you've never seen a hot glue stick, it is a perfectly cylindrical, maybe eighth of an inch around, maybe quarter inch around, long stick made out of glue. And if you swing that through the air, because of the surface area and physics, it's going to cut through the air. And it is going to hit you very hard. I, as a 37-year-old, decently strong, grown-ass man, don't want to be hit with a glue stick. So I can't imagine how those kids felt. Um, it was just, it was, this whole thing was a wild ride. And, like, as they got investigated, they always doubled down on how they never told anybody to do that. They never told anybody to abuse their kids when it's blatantly, they're, they're recorded telling people to do that shit. See, see I, ha- I have lived in the world of cult documentaries for a really long time, and this is how I can tell that you are new to the world of cult documentaries. Yeah. Because this, there is just like these common, these common themes and these common behaviors for these types of groups, and all of these things are always present. I mean, the closest thing I've gotten to a cult documentary. It's probably Jonestown, I would imagine. Well, that was, I mean, I watched a movie, but I was like nine. (laughs) Um, But the closest thing I've gotten to a cult documentary would have been like just watching um, Tiger King and talking about, you know, everybody's favorite bag of Von Antle. Yes, exactly. That was close. That's a sex cult. We do need to watch the Nexium. That's what I was just going to say. So next we need to watch the Nexium documentary. And uh, and And, the uh, uh, Lularoo one. Yes. But yeah, for sure. Like this is a... because we're driving, I don't want to, like, take up the whole, like, a whole half hour recording about this. Plus, you don't really need to with this one. But, um, yeah, if you guys like to hear us talk about these documentaries and, you know, cults in general, let me know. Like, I will add another segment and pay for another logo. <laughs> we'll figure out the name. But, uh, yeah, this was, I highly, honestly, if, and I don't even like saying in this case, like, if you want to feel better about yourself, watch this, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> As I was once wisely told, the line between religion and cults is good PR. That is very true. That is very true. And honestly, that's what it came down to in this. It's like, people just ate this woman's shit up. Oh, uh, absolutely. And honestly, like... Like, I remember her being on TV when we were kids. A few times. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't that like long with, ago. With, no, not really. But like with Larry King and that, I remember her. Well, the, I guess the biggest thing for me is... Like not the two mile horn, but I'm a charismatic motherfucker when I'm when I'm speaking to people. But, we'll go with that for the time being. Fuck you. Um, but I don't understand how she commanded so much authority just blindly. Like to me, that's what bothers me. Is like if I had ever, even when I called myself a person that was a person of religion, I wouldn't have dove into this. Yeah, but but they don't dive into it. It's. And that's how it is with all cults. It's it's moment by moment and it's bite by bite, you know, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself there. But it's about control. It's always about control. And I guess I get... I and guess, it starts as minute. I guess it's because I, I have, like, a better willpower than most of the people that were involved in this church. Yeah. Because I, I, I would have been like, nope, and left. <laughs> well, I mean, the key, the key 
thing that all cults use to gain that control is isolation. It's the same thing abusers do. Oh, yeah. And well, that, and that, that's and actually, where you get it. It's funny that you said that because what we didn't talk about is like the self-contained compound of the Revenant Church. Right, and that's... You have to have that isolation. Well, whereas they used... Like, if you had a skill set, they used your skill set at the church. You were part of one of their many many businesses that they had on the church grounds, which was auto mechanics, electricians, plumbers, carpenters, uh, restaurateurs, um, cooks, I should say, chefs, um, child care, like, you got thrown in, like, there was a woman that got, she, she, her and her husband's marriage was on the rocks, and, you know, he was working all day, she was at home with the kids, and she didn't want to have sex. I bet you can see where this is going. Uh, so she taught, they talked to church leadership as counseling. And the male leader, whose last name is literally fucking anger, tells these people, he tells this woman to go off of birth control because that could be what's siphoning her sex drive. And then his wife was telling him, telling her, maybe have a drink or two before your husband gets home. And that'll loosen you up a bit. And I'm like, so... Sounds a whole lot rapey to me. Right, like, take advantage of your husband. Take advantage of your wife. That's what it... Let your husband take advantage of you. That's what it sounds like to me. That's exactly what it was. And, well, she gets off the birth control because she listened to the church, because, again, cult. And she ends up getting pregnant a third time, which she didn't want to. But then here's the church shunning her and shit about it. And after having her third kid... The church is like, oh, you're in charge of childcare for, like, all these kids. And just makes her, like, a fucking daycare center. Yeah. I'll be damned. Like, right. I wish a motherfucker would. Right. Like, it just doesn't make... And again, like, we, we're not in that mindset to where we're around these people, but, like, I don't think I ever would be. Like, I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't I be able to put my, so. I wouldn't be able to put myself in that situation to where I'm like, yes, I'm going to obey you blindly. Right. I'll burn the whole place down before I do that. Like, well, though I'm sure a lot of those people that were involved probably at one point would have said the same thing. And I guess what I really need to point out to this is, is something that's very... That's rare in a lot of these cases is this was a mixed community. And by mixed community, I mean it was white folks, it was black folks, it was Hispanic folk. There was a little bit of everybody going on here. And at first, it was because of the self-help aspect of it to where these people were legitimately thinking they were losing weight, which they were. And they thought that's what this was about, but then they got sucked into it. Though it is important to note that the community in which this place sits is not. Oh yeah, it is This is a very predominantly white upper class community. Which thinking about this, like before I said anything about black people and Hispanic people and everything being involved in it, if you talk about something like this, honestly, let's be real, everybody's going to think crazy white people shit. Well, yeah. Because typically, that's what it is. Let me tell y'all, when we were watching this documentary and I heard a black woman's voice, because I was looking at my phone at the same time we were watching it, and then I looked up and saw her, I was like, why were you there in the first place? But then, you know, it, it clicks that I, I kind of get it. Like, she was looking for help. She wanted to lose weight, and this was her way to do it. She tried a bunch of stuff, and it didn't work. And this is honestly, like, Gwen's methods were proven effective, but what they don't realize is they were incredibly unhealthy because she was telling people to fast for, like, 40-plus days. That's right, yeah. And, yeah, at that point, your body is eating your fat stores, but you're also dying. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman that almost did die. Yeah. Like, they didn't show her face, but she was... Uh, she was very, very skinny, uh, and she went on a run, and in the middle of the run, she passed out, 
and it was because of lack of electrolytes and her husband and the church shunned her for getting medical treatment because God didn't want her to do that and there was another woman that had mental issues that was prescribed psych drugs and the church told her to go off of them she goes off of them and she starts getting suicidal she leaves leaves the church grounds goes to a hospital outside of the church they put her back on the drugs and the church is mad her husband literally said you can take them as long as I don't see you take them because then I don't have to tell the church that I don't know what you're doing like this shit is a wild ride uh, you know what we're not being paid by HBO to tell you this I'm just telling you to watch this shit if this is on your radar at all if you listen to cults or, or watch cult documentaries at all I highly highly recommend watching this highly I mean, that's pretty much all we can say about it until, like, the part... Oh, no, it's not. I forgot about the climax. Um, so, they're being investigated because of the murder of the little boy. And the church is just bust wide open now. Like, every, like a bunch of different... Like, the FBI is investigating them. Um, the local authorities. A bunch of people are investigating these people. And church leadership is ducking and dodging. Then off the, was it off the coast of Florida? Uh, yes, I believe so. They're in a plane, and it's just church leadership with Gwen's husband flying the plane, because apparently he's a pilot, because just like other cult documentaries, uh, Carol Baskin's husband, uh, <laughs> all these people apparently are pilots. And we always end up in Florida somehow. Right. So the plane crashes with just church leadership in it. And they identified seven bodies, seven human bodies. Uh, here's the thing. They have not confirmed or denied that these seven bodies for sure were these people. They just said they are believed to be these people. Uh, and I'm not a huge on conspiracy theory. No, same, but... This is a little suspect. Totally Like, agree. it feels like Joe, Laura, Gwen's husband either crashed the plane on purpose because he knew they were about to burn. I think that's what happened. Or the whole thing is set up and it wasn't really The whole thing is set up and they're We're going to find him in a compound somewhere in a jungle in South in America. In South America, right. The other thing I guess we should we should mention is uh, Gwen's children are just as bad as she is and her daughter is now the current leader of the church. And she's not even the eldest. Her, old, her eldest son is. And, uh, you know, if men are supposed to be in power, how come her son's not in power? It's because her son tries to separate himself from everything. But it just, he kept coming back. Uh, he got involved with affairs. And, like, one woman's way out of the church was by sleeping with him and saying if they didn't stop, if they didn't stop trying to interfere with her divorce and her getting custody of her kids, then all of this was going to come to light. Right. So they stopped. Uh, it's a roller coaster ride, and you guys are gonna look at this woman if you haven't seen her, and be absolutely fucking shocked that people take this woman seriously, <laughs> especially toward the end of her life. Yeah. Because I mean, she looks like crazy. Um, she looks she crazy. looks crazy, and she has hair like. Um, uh, what was what was get bigger and what, bigger? And what bigger. was Dale Dale's wife's name? Nancy. Oh yeah, yeah. Nancy Gribble on King, on of, the King Hill. of the Hill. She has hair like that, except for real life. I wonder if that's who she based herself on. 
Because she's got the country accent and everything. She really does. That show would have been popular at the time. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> huh. So, yeah. Check out The Way Down on HBO Max. The first three parts are up now. If you guys like it, let us know. If you guys want us to talk more shit about cults, let us know. <laughs> Genie will love that shit. Absolutely. Let's talk true, true crime and cults all day. True crime is hard, and there's a lot of true crime podcasts. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with that. There's that's too much work. Like, yeah, I, I would make you do all the scripting for it. Like, that's too, it probably shouldn't be that much. There's entirely too much work involved in that. But yeah, uh, I'm back. Uh, I know it's been a little over a month and a half since I recorded again, but I've been preparing for some big things. So those of you guys that have missed us and want to hear more, uh, next, a week from Saturday, uh, Perception Blurred will be hosting a panel at Great Lakes Geek Fest at 11 a.m. It's going to be the debut of my new segment, Unapologetically Blurred, where myself, Cajun, uh, my cousins Anthony and Corey will be talking about uh, blurredom and modern pop culture, the the positives and negatives of that. Um, I will be, it'll be a live panel. I'll be recording it to post a couple days later. That is October 23rd uh, at Mount Carmel for those of you that are local. and it's $5 to get in the show. Not only that, but my other personality, Cage Bishop Cosplay, will be hosting the costume contest <laughs> um, that afternoon. And I will be the master of ceremonies all day, so you'll hear me making announcements. You'll probably hear me talking about different toy announcements and stuff, And um, because there's uh, Hasbro PulseCon going on that same day virtually, so I'll be probably talking about all their toys coming out because I have a little bit of a collector problem. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for getting us to over 1,600 listens. Uh, we're going strong. I've got some more stuff coming. Uh, Unapologetically Blurred is coming. And I guess I will publicly reveal the name because I have it uh, pretty much copywritten now um, to our next segment after this, featuring myself, Cajun, and a uh, longtime collaborator slash one of my best friends, John. Our new segment is going to be about tabletop gaming, D&D, like, you know, miniature gaming, all that kind of stuff, featuring some guests, and we're going to work in professional wrestling, and the name of the show is going to be called Tables, Ladders, and Dice. That was come up with by John uh, one day when we were playing D&D, so I figured now's a good time as any to announce the name of that show, but thank you guys for listening. Again, thank you for getting us to over 1,600 listens. I look forward to bringing you much more content. Uh, uh, check me out on TikTok at cage underscore Bishop Cosplay. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Perception Blurred. Check me out on Facebook, uh, perceptionblurred.wordpress.com for the website. All that stuff's linked there. You guys have a good day. Uh, we'll be back when Tiger King Part 2 comes out. We'll talk about that when The Way Down Part 2 finally comes out. Uh, we'll probably talk about Nexium, even though we know we're a year late on that. And um, LulaRoo, we definitely got to talk about. Because I hate MLM so damn much that I got to talk about it. I'm not, I don't even buy leggings. I'm a grown-ass man. But you should start. <laughs> I feel like we got to talk about it. So, uh, for those of you that will be there, we'll see you next Saturday. Jeannie will be there working in concession stands and probably walking around in costume as well as I will be. And our daughter will be there and all of our friends. We're going to have a good time. Come check out the panel. 
See you guys later. Be good to one and each other. One, oh, wow, that was hard. Be good to one another. And don't forget to wash your damn hands. COVID is still real. Thank you.